initiated. Out of bounds. Welcome to Out of Bounds. So here we are for our second podcast of the week. Uh, the first one was a play-in preview, but now four games have gone by. We have a pretty good idea of the playoff preview of the playoff picture. So we're going to start our playoff preview podcast right now. Um, we had the Brooklyn Nets defeating the Cleveland Cavaliers. So the Nets will be the seventh seed. Um, the Hawks knocked out the Hornets. So they're going to be playing tomorrow night. We're recording on Thursday. So it's going to be between Cleveland and Atlanta for the eighth seed in the East. Um, we had a very, very eventful playoff game uh, where we saw the Timberwolves beat the Clippers. Um, lots of Lots of action there that we'll definitely get to. Um, but yeah, that makes the Timberwolves the seven seed. Um, the Clippers and the, we had the Pelicans beating the uh, San Antonio Spurs. So the Pelicans and Clippers will face off for the eighth seed um, to verse the Suns in the Western Conference. Um, so we're actually going to get to a bunch of stuff. Uh, we're going to start with the play-in discussion here. Um, we also have award predictions, um, and then we'll kind of go into each series, and uh, we'll do a quick breakdown as well as predictions. So um, let's go to the other two guys I have here. I have Kailash and Truth with me. Um, yeah, let's just get your that, initial uh, thoughts on the play-in. Uh, Hi, so, All right, so I saw the Nets Cavs game. I mean, listen, like the Cavs outscored the Nets by like 16 after the first quarter, uh, 15 after the first quarter. So like... I mean, I don't know. Like, the Nets just had, like, a really explosive first quarter, and then, like, the offense kind of fell apart. I think the Cavs kind of figured out what the Nets are doing. So, again, like, the Nets are a very scary team, and they, like, got it to the playoffs. But, like, I think I was kind of more confident being a Celtics fan seeing how the Nets played against the Cavs. Because, again, the Cavs didn't have Jared Allen, and, like, it wasn't a blowout. Like, the game was, like, a six-point game with, like, two minutes left, you know? Yeah, bro. Ramadan Curry's not it. He's just not playing. I feel like he's not playing as good when um, he's playing full-time. Like, he's just not, like, producing at the same level. And they, uh, I mean, but Kyrie was really good in that game. He was 12 for 12. Like, Kyrie was great. But, like, think, the Nets itself. No, I think that's, like, the main, like, concerning thing that you see about the Nets. Um, like, they pretty much had, like, a very picturesque, like, ideal game for them. Like, you had, like, Kyrie going crazy. Kyrie literally did not miss a shot for, like, the long, like, majority of the game. Like, KD did his thing. I guess he didn't, like, completely go, like, Super Saiyan like he could. Um, but, like, you had great production from, like, Bruce Brown, Andre Drummond. Uh, like, Nick Claxton also played really well. Um, the main thing I noticed in that game was, like, their role players had really good actions af- after uh, double teams on KD and Kyrie. Um, so... I don't know. It was a pretty easy win for them. I feel like Cleveland kind of got overwhelmed in that stage. But going forward, I don't think it's like it's like kind of discouraging, honestly, for the Nets. Like, I don't know if they have like a real chance against the Celtics as many thought they would. I mean, yeah, based on what I've been seeing, like I feel like a lot of Nets fans are obviously taking the Nets. A lot of Celtics fans are obviously taking the Celtics, and I feel like like the neutral people has been like in the middle. I've seen like some people take the Celtics, some people take the Nets. So it's really fifty-fifty. You know, and, like, we'll speak about that series when we get there. But, like, this has been the Nets team we've seen all year. Like, I know that they had the issues with, like, Kyrie being, like, half playing the season and, like, KD being injured half the year and, like, the whole Harden drama. But, like, 
Like, their record is pretty much indication of what they are. And I know, like, if they were fully healthy and had a normal season, they'd probably be a 1-2 seed. You know, but it's not the case. And, like, the record shows what it is. And, like, they always say, like, if they, if they show you what you are, you just believe it. So. Do you have any thoughts? Yeah, I'm leaning more for the Celtics, even though I'm not really a Celtics fan. Because I, I just don't think. <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, we could talk about that one later. Oh, yeah, that's fine. I, I just wanted to hear your thoughts on the game. There, there, there really isn't much to say about the game except like, okay, we, everything that happened, like, expected to happen. Like, I thought the Cavs had a better chance, but I guess they needed Jared Allen more than I thought. Also, yeah, I other, agree. I think uh, the Timberwolves Clippers game was really entertaining as well. And uh, I'm a actual Timberwolves believer, even though some of you guys are haters. They're gonna prove y'all wrong. Yeah, we no, could I, we could transition to that game. Um, I mean, the Cavs are still alive, so I guess like if they get eliminated in the in the next game, then we could like maybe talk about them a little bit more. Um, but yeah, I mean, I just like some quick parting thoughts on that. I definitely think that Jared Allen was really important because like a lot of those actions that I was talking about, where they like gave it to Bruce Brown after like KD or Kyrie got doubled, he was like either taking it straight to the rim or passing it off for like an easy alley oop, and I feel like Jared Allen would have. Uh, definitely prevented some of those um but yeah let's uh let's move on to the other game so there was so much stuff going on in the uh in the timberwolves uh, clippers game like you had like some girl like glued her hand to the floor or something like for some protests yeah like patrick beverly going wild like anthony edwards was going crazy like cat played terrible the Clippers, like, played, like, very well until the end, I guess. I mean, they were always pretty much in the game, except they kind of just collapsed toward the end. Um, but, yeah, let's get your guys' thoughts on those on that game. Anthony Edwards is the GOAT. That's my thoughts. I don't know, but, like, I, I, I felt like about that game, like, I thought that – what I said before the game was, like, if the Clippers won that game, I would, I, I would like, think they put up a good fight against the Grizzlies, and, like, that didn't go the right way. And, like, the whole game, it felt like the Clippers had the, they had the lead the most of the game. And then, like, the last six minutes of the fourth quarter, they kind of just fell apart. Like, the offense just fell apart. PG was still PGing. Like, he was doing his thing. But, like, no one else was able to score. And I think, like, Ant Elwood just kicked up. Like, he just kicked up out of nowhere. Like, he, like, got he like got past PG a couple times. He was knocking down threes like crazy. Like, I didn't know he had this in his game like that. Like, they put up a good performance, even with, like, Cat, like, being ass all day. And then he still gets to go to Jordan Woods after the game. But... Lucky man. Nah, I think the Clippers actually put up a good performance, even though it was kind of an off day for them. Because the Timberwolves have been putting up, like, 130 points each game this year. And they held them to, like, 109. So I feel like their defense is still productive. And I expect yeah, them but, to win. But if Carl Towns had a bad game, though, bro, like, I feel like they would have done more if, like, Cat just shot, like, a normal person. I guess, but... I don't know. They still have them under 110 when the average is like over 120. So I think they yeah. did something's good. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely agree with uh, whatever you guys are saying. Um, it, it was a really entertaining game. I don't know about Paul George. Like, he had a terrible first half. Like, it was like yeah. playoff key, like implications there. Like, he was really bad. And then he, it was like the second half that he really, really started turning up. So it kind of makes you think, like, if he had just played, like, instead of like going, like, insanely like supernova in the second half and kind of like being terrible in the first half i kind of have a feeling that 
if they were just if he just kind of evened his game throughout the entire like perform uh, throughout all four quarters, I feel like they would have been up like by like ten or fifteen, and I think they could have put him away. But like to be honest, that game was just so great in terms of environment. Like I don't like I mean I don't really remember the other play in environments because there's only been like like one or two more years of it. But that was definitely like one of the more uh, electric like more electric ones. Um, I guess the one with the Lakers and Warriors was pretty good too. But I mean, this, this one was like, in terms of environment and atmosphere, like you could feel the energy of this game, and a lot of that was because of Patrick yeah. Beverly. Yeah, he, he brings the energy. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a huge that. fan of the guy. <laughs> yeah, we know Raj. We know we we heard it. We know Raj. He killed the Russell Westbrook. Nah, yeah, but I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I was gonna say that, like, even if you like don't like him, like you can't deny because I have a bunch of players that I just don't like for whatever reason. Like, I don't know, he's one of them because I, I just think he's a kind of a dirty player. But like, I'm not gonna deny that his impact is like pretty great, and you can definitely tell the impact he has on whatever franchise. Wait, what's your other example? If it wasn't Pat Bev, who was another one? Draymond. <laughs> oh, you don't like Draymond either, bro? Oh my God. No, nah, I mean, I know he's a great player. I just, like, don't like him, bro. <laughs> he's the only one I he don't like. All the personalities. A... The only one I don't like is he doesn't have a job anymore. And it's freedom. And it's key freedom. Oh, no. oh, yeah, he was annoying. I mean, he was a good <laughs> player, but he was, like, annoying as hell. But that's, like, yeah. more of his personality, though. It's not, like, it's not, like, the stuff he does on the court. Like, I feel like Draymond and, like, Pat Bev have low-key just done, like, dirty, like, plays. Which is like, okay, like some people just choose to ignore that, but like, I don't know. For me, I personally don't. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like, like players like Mike, you know, like, like Luca does shit where he like like punches people in the balls, and Marcus Smart does some dirty shit sometimes too. But like, I know there's levels to it. Like, I, I can, I'll agree that Beverly and Draymond take it to a whole other level, but like other players do it like to some extent, I feel like. Yep, yep. Um, so let's, let's move on to the uh, other games. Um, so we had the Hawks beating the Hornets. I mean, I don't know. There's, there's just not that much to say in that one. I feel like the Hornets like really, really didn't show up to play. Um, I mean, I know they're like a younger team, um, so I guess it's kind of expected. But the overall shooting was just very inefficient. It felt like Lamelo and Miles Bridges were kind of just chucking shots, and it just didn't look like they were ready for that moment. And then if you kind of pivot um, on the other side, like the Hawks, they were like okay. I mean. Everyone except for Trey Young like played like really really well in that game. Like everyone else was like pretty efficient and like doing great. Um, and Trey Young was just inefficient, but like you know he'll still get his shots up, he'll still get his points. And of course the playmaking is always there. Um, so any thoughts on that game from you guys? Yeah, this is what happens when uh, Michael Jordan's the owner. The team will not succeed. This is back to back years they lost in the play in. Back-to-back years. I think last year they got blown out by the Pacers, right? Right, that was it? Pretty sure, right? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, that's right. They're doomed franchise with that man. Did, did you guys see what over in Miles Bridges, um, like, threw the mouthpiece at that girl? No. When was that? Yeah, that was crazy, dude. I, I feel like he was trying to hit that one guy who was, like, heckling him on the side, <laughs> but he missed and then hit the girl. Yeah, and, and then he like tweeted out like, "Oh, someone find that girl for me." Yeah, like, I don't know what he's gonna do. Like, he what is he gonna it. do? Like, what is he gonna do though? Like, he can't buy her tickets, dude. The Hornets are done. I don't know. 
Yeah, yeah, no, that doesn't make any sense to me. Like, okay, yeah, no, forget that, forget that. But like, what could he possibly give her that like would make it okay? Because like, he like just threw a... like a nasty ass mouthpiece <laughs> on her side of her head. She has a boyfriend, so yeah, I can't do much. <laughs> for going that far. Exactly. <laughs> I said she has a boyfriend, so he can't really do anything on that front. But, uh, wait, shoot, what were you about to say about this? Nah, I don't want to get off topic, but, like, you guys see, like, the Hornets were, like, interested in Westbrook? It was oh, in, no. the, in the thing. Yeah. 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 Um, I, was just, I, mean, like, I don't know, like, I think they'll, like, be, like, the same caliber of team, though. Like, I think they might be, like, more closer cemented to the playoffs if they actually trade for him. Um, but, like, I don't know. That team is just going to run around like crazy and play no defense. I think that was, like, the first, like, thought I had. A team needs big men. Like, Raj and I spoke about in the last chat. Like, they have, like, 75 guards. And they just need, like, a solid big man, and they'll be fine. True, but... Yeah, I mean, they're just being, like, satisfied with Mason Plumlee or whatever. They got Montrezl, but, like, he's not really a big man. He's, like, a 6'9 forward. I don't know. I mean, but again, this game was, like, whack. It was, like, whatever. It was over by, like, the, first, like the second quarter. I guess, like, the third quarter. And then, like, the most, the next boring game was even worse. Wait, which one are you talking about? The Hornets, Pelicans? Yeah. Or Pelicans, uh, Spurs. Yeah. I don't even know That one was pretty fun, man. I disagree, dude. That was a fun game. I don't know, but I, I just feel like so, so both games, the last two years, the 10th seed lost, right? So, like, as far as the playing goes, like, did we even have to include the 10th seed? Because I remember you saying this in the last episode, like, like if the 10th seed doesn't really have to be there, it could just be, like, the 8-9, and they play each other. You know, and the 9 will just play the loser of the 7-8. Because, like... Yeah. There's been, like, four examples already. I mean, we'll probably do it a couple more years, but it's already, like, the 10th seed is 0-4. You know, and like that must say something. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I agree. I mean, I don't know. I think you need more like data to like make that like distinction that oh, the 10 seed is always gonna lose, and then you can think about it. But in my opinion, I thought that game was like really fun actually because um, I mean, I don't know. The Spurs like they also, I think Dejounte Murray kind of had that same like Lamelo Ball type performance where he was like kind of like not ready for the moment, like because yeah. he's been playing like great since All Star break. Yeah, um, and like I don't know, this game like he was just not—he didn't look like himself. Like he didn't look comfortable. So I don't know if that's like pressure that's affecting these guys. Like it makes sense. Like it's like your first time like being on a big stage where you're like the number one guy. Um, and I think that's a bit underrated that we don't really talk about that enough. But like th I think there were a lot of exciting things to take away in that game because that again that crowd was pretty electric too. And um, I don't know, like I think. Again, like, we can, uh, like, talk a little bit more about the uh, Spurs, but, like, to me, it's just, like, a team that's not ready for the moment. But, like, transitioning to the Pelicans, that team was so energetic and so, I don't know, they just have, like, good vibes about them right now. Like, if you look at their players, like, that CJ McCollum trade is probably going to lead them to the playoffs. And, like, they have, like, like Herb Jones, like, going crazy. It's just, like, insane. Like, th there's a lot of stuff going on in there. Like, I, like they completely changed the course of their franchise, in my opinion. Like, I don't know. How, like, it, just that game was kind of the epitome of it. Yeah, when Zion comes back, it's over for the league. It's going to be scary yeah, like, hours. They had some, I think they started the season, like, 3-16. and 16. And, like, look at them now, dude. Look at them now. Yeah. They and passed the Lakers. Nah, I, I think they, like, honestly, like, I don't know, like, 
for the Clippers, like, I think that's, like, a scary matchup right now because that team is, like, dude, they're on fire. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry to say, but that team is on fire. And then, like, like I, I don't know, without Kawhi, like, I honestly, like, I don't know if this is a crazy take, but I feel like that game is, like, pretty even. Like, I think it's evenly matched right now. Let me check the odds just in case I want to see how even Vegas thinks it is. Because the game's in L.A. The Clips versus... Yeah, I... Yeah. I mean, I think I still yeah. think the Clippers should be like favored a little bit, but I just mean like in terms of what I feel, like not in terms of like betting odds or anything, but like Herb Jones, man. Like if you watch Herb Jones, like that guy is like everywhere. Like I think he only had two steals and two blocks. If you look at the box score, yeah. but if you watch the game, like there is, I know like there's a lot of uh, like when we judge NBA players, we're thinking like, okay, like do we look at stats? Do we watch them play? Like that is a guy that you have to watch play. Because it does not do justice just looking at, like, two steals and two blocks. And he definitely has, like, really good advanced defensive numbers, too. But if you just watch that man play, he is, like, all over the floor. Like, he's super long. Like, he gets his hands on everything. Like, he's deflecting passes. Like, he's making people uncomfortable. Like, I think it'll be really interesting to see how he guards Paul George um, the next game. But there's there's a lot of, like... Both those teams are, I think that's going to be like a low key, like pretty good game. And it's pretty interesting to see. Um, so, uh, do you guys have any more thoughts on these, on this, on this game? Uh, I don't even watch that game. <laughs> no, I mean, no, no, no. <laughs> whatever I saw about CJ, like CJ like, has always been good. So I, I feel like him as a third piece, because he was a second piece, like, like second option his whole career, right? So he was a third option. Like that's like a really good third option to have, I feel like, right? Like, so when Zion comes back and then B.I. is, like, doing his thing, like, CJ's just, like, there, and, like, it's like a really good piece. So I don't think Zion should, like, think about asking for a trade anytime soon. Like, he has to see what this Pelicans team can offer him first. Yeah, exactly. And I don't know. If you, like, go back and, like, look at, like, the champions, like, the number two option, like, if, if there's, like, no, like, that Portland team never had, like, a good, like, third option as well. And if you, like, go back and look, like, the teams that, like, have won championships with only, like, two, like, with the number one and number two option, that number one and number two option have been, like, insane. Like, LeBron and AD, like, like the Bucks had, okay, they had Chris Middleton, but they also had Drew Holiday. Yeah. I think if you have a really good third piece, it kind of offsets, like, the need for the second piece to be, like, really good. But, yeah, I agree. I mean, I think his whole, like, life, like, CJ's been a role in a role that doesn't really suit him. Like, not the not in terms of the way he plays, but in terms of what you expect from him on the team. And, yeah, I definitely agree with that. I think his third, like, him being the third option on the Pelicans is really good. And, honestly, I'm excited to see what they do. And like if, if you're speaking about Herb Jones, like you know the stat, like like the D LeBron and old LeBron stat. So like Herb Jones is like leading the league in D LeBron. So like the order is Herb Jones, Lonzo, Jared Vanderbilt, Royce O'Neal, Marcus Smart. So those are like like really good defenders in the league, and Herb Jones is number one. So like the, so basically he's like like literally one of the best defenders in the NBA, which is like insane in his like first year. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if he'll uh, make, like, an, I don't think he'll make All-NBA this year, but, like, I guarantee that man has, like, many all-defensive teams, like, in his future. I mean, for, like, what I've seen, like, a lot of people have been putting him in at least the second team. Like, that's how good he's been. So I don't know if he's actually going to be in the second team, but he's been making a lot of second teams. Nah, I doubt it. But, um, okay, so now that we talked about the, uh, like, these playing games, we can talk about their 
respective opponents um, who they would face in the first round. Um, so I guess let's start with the like Eastern Conference. Um, so number one, like so they're going to be whoever wins again amongst the uh, Cavs and Hawks is going to verse the Miami Heat. Um, in the first round of the playoffs. So Miami finished 12th in offense and 4th in defense. Uh, their offensive rating was 113. Um, their defensive rating was 108.4. And I don't know, to me, like, I feel like the Heat are going to, like, just put away whatever team this is. I don't see this, like, series lasting beyond five games. What about you guys? Yeah, it's a sweep, bro. Nothing else to talk about. No, no, I'm, I'm gonna give I'm gonna give respect to Trey Young. If the Hawks make it, I'm I'm gonna give Trey Young like a game because you know like he can like go into Madison Square Garden and win a couple games. So I feel like he can, we win a game at home in Atlanta. I have to give him some respect. If it's Cleveland, they've been the most injured team all year. That's probably looking like a clean sweep from them. Yeah, I def- I think I definitely agree with that. I mean, with the Hawks, I could even see it going to six. But I like Loki. I definitely think the Heat would still like come away in that. I mean, like they're just a really good team. Like they're just very disciplined, and them getting that one seed is huge, in my opinion. Because like, okay, after they beat the Hawks or the Cavs, um, who do they have to? I think they have to play like what is it, the Sixers or the Raptors, Raptors, right? Like, yeah, yeah, that's 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 definitely the easier path if you compare it to the other side of the bracket where you have Boston, the Bucks. Uh, and the Nets, like, in my opinion, I, I think they definitely, like, getting that one seed for them was huge. Um, and, and, like, they definitely have, like, an easy path. And I don't know, like, people, like, a lot of people think the Hawks are overrated, too. I know you think this, Kyla. Because, <laughs> like, last year, they just, they just, uh, they were the Sixers. And who and the Knicks. Uh, and Sixers and the Knicks. Knicks. Knicks, yeah. Yeah. So I was saying, like, like the six, like the the, um, the Hawks path last year was the Knicks and the Sixers. So if anyone could like get that path, I think they would have made the conference finals. And the same thing with the Heat this year. Like if they get the Hawks or the Cavs and they play like the Sixers or even the Raptors, I think they can walk to the conference finals. Like you said, they're not playing Boston, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn. So I think that you can basically put them in as a lock for the conference finals, unless like injuries or whatever. I don't see the Sixers beating them. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think yeah, I definitely agree. And I don't know, like Tyler Hero has been like really good this year. Like he's. He's my sixth man of the year uh, vote. He's 20.7 points, five rebounds, four assists on, like, 40% from three. Um, and I think he shoots, like, 44% from the field. Like, he's been, like, fantastic. And I think if he keeps it up, I think that's the key. I, to me, that's the key, uh, like, how they get to the finals, in my opinion. Um, just because he he's, like, a microwave scorer, man. Like, if I, like, I really just am appreciative of what he's done this year. I think my only issue with, like, Miami is, like, when it comes to their half-court offense, because they really don't... Because, like, the way they were able to get to the finals in the bubble year was, like, Jimmy Butler just went, like, nuclear. Like, we was, like Jimmy Butler did something we've never seen before. Like, not even in the Chicago days, not in Minnesota, not in Philly. Like, he just, like, when he got the ball in the half-court, he was just scoring at will, knocking down threes. Like, it was insane, right? So, like, I, my only worry about them is their half-court offense. Like, their defense is going to be elite, you know, but, like, who are you going to go to when it's punch time? How, you know, how much do you really believe in Jimmy Butler? Because he's, like, been shaky for the most part, except that bubble here. Yeah, yeah, he, he's been shooting, like, sub-20% from three this year. So I think, like, that's definitely concerning. But that's what I'm saying about Tyler Hero. Like, if Tyler Hero can make that jump where, like, okay, you put the ball in his hands and let him go. Um, like, if Jimmy Butler, like, if you, I think the Heat do have the confidence in him to, like, give him the ball. And, like, if Jimmy Butler is not hitting shots, like, just give it to Tyler Hero and, like, see what happens. 
and I would still trust Jimmy to like get the ball like off of a pass or something and then attack. I think he'd be really good in that role too. Um, I mean, defensively, the only thing that concerns me, like it's always concerned me with their team, is like if people just you know like pick apart um, like you know Duncan Robinson and Tyler Hero or whatever. But I guess that's where their zone helps. Yeah, yeah, they, they play a lot of zone, and like I don't, I don't think I ever worry about their defense when it comes to the crunch time. But that's why I also got Kyle Lowry because like Kyle Lowry's like he's a proven winner. He's like got to the finals. He was like the second option on the Raptors team. He gets it done. He's been clutch, so I think he's gonna be like very important in this run too. Also, Omar, you're team, yeah, bro. Sure. Don't forget the goat. Yeah, they, 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 they oh, yeah. a lot of good Shout pieces. Out Omar, like, you're seven. Shout out Omar. Is he, is he Indian? Omar. Is he like brown? He's Middle Eastern. Oh, he's like Turkish or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's close enough. <laughs> he's still one of us. He was yeah. actually on the Thunder like G League team for like mad long. He was like going crazy there. At so this point, know, everyone, that's actually our guy that they poached. At this point, everyone's been through the Thunder's farm system or some shit. Yeah. Every young player at this point. Yeah, hella true. Hella true. Um... But okay, so now let's uh, let's wait, look wait, at the wait, other wait, Eastern Conference. Do you want to do, you want to do predictions? Do you want to do predictions on this series, or do you want to wait till the end? Uh, yeah, we can do. We, we let's do the predictions at the end. All right. Um. Okay, so now let's move on to the uh, the seven seed matchup: Celtics Nets. Kailash, you gotta take the floor for this. Uh, I, I, I was gonna save the the best series for the end, so oh. we can jump into it right now. Um, I think this is gonna be the best playoff series, like in this playoffs, easily. Like, and like, listen, like after the year the Celtics have had last year, like it was, and then the year the way they started this year, I was like, all right, bro, like what are we doing here? And like, obviously, you heard all the talks of like break the Jays, break the Jays, and like, which is just dumb, whatever. And like, whatever happened on my birthday, I don't know what happened. I went to that game. They're 18 and 21, and ever since then they were at 33 and 10, which is like insane. And, like, some of the stats, which is, like, they were, at one point, like, on my birthday, they were 18th in defensive rating, and they finished the season, total season, number one over, like, the Suns and the Warriors, and at number nine in offense, which is, like, still pretty good. And they've been the best defense in NBA history, which is, like, from December 31st to March 27th with a 90.8 rating. Like, if you just take those three months, that's, like, the best defensive rating of all time, which is, like, insane. And like, they've also been the best offense in the league since 2022. So basically, like, this whole turnaround is, like, insane. And then the other side of the court is the Brooklyn Nets, who, like we said earlier, was had, had Kyrie, like, not getting the vaccine. He hasn't played half the games. Kevin Durant got injured for, like, six weeks. And then James Harden, like, came into the season fat. And then, like, Katie didn't like it. And then, then he wants to leave because he doesn't – he can't handle when things go wrong. So, like, they've dealt with a lot of adversity – but, like, again, like, there were teams like the Bucks who were trying to, like, duck the Nets in the first round. But, like, and like this, this Celtics team, like, they wanted to play them. They, like, played their stars in the last game. And they're like, all right, like, bring on the Nets. So this this series is going to be crazy, man. Like, it's going to be insane. Yeah, I think the Celtics got it. Because I feel like the Nets really don't utilize their pieces correctly. Like, do you guys think Steve Nash is a good coach? Because, I don't know, bro. That dude's kind of shaky. Why is that a question? Nah, I don't think he really does anything. Like, I, I watch the games, and I see, like, Seth Curry, like, not even in the offense at all when, like, he's a sniper. And I'm just like, what are they doing? They're not even... Nah, he was terrible the last year. Yeah. He missed, like... He was bad, but, like, they don't use him off-ball at all. I feel like that's where he would be really good at. Like, I don't know. Do you remember what yeah. Irving said two years ago? He said, I don't really see us having a head coach. 
Remember he said that? He's like, oh, I don't think we need a head coach. Like, what the fuck? Yeah, he says he says it should be like a more collaborative process or something. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I definitely agree with uh, both of your guys' uh, thoughts right there. I mean, like, in my opinion, I think this series is going to be, like, I do think the Celtics have the edge here. I would say, like, it'll probably last, like, six or seven games, though. Um, and I think, like, the main thing that I want to see in terms of, like, predicting this series is how Boston's interior, like, holds up against, like, KD and Kyrie. And, like, their other, like, role players, like Bruce Brown, like, Nick Claxton, like, Andre Drummond, like, these guys are all going to the rim, right? So, like, I think that's the main thing that we're going to have to see. And, obviously, like, the Rob Williams injury has to be mentioned. But, like, I don't think it'll play a factor in this series, but, like, I think it'll have more of an effect later on. But it'll still be interesting to see. And to me, like, that's, like, the only doubt I really have um, about the Celtics. Did you see the report how, like, Ben Simmons is planning a game four return? Yeah, I don't believe that. I'll believe it when I see it. I don't know. To me, it makes no sense. But the thing is, I want him to play as a Celtics fan. I want Ben Simmons to come back. Because there's no way that man is in any shape, basketball shape, after not playing basketball for a year. And like, all right, if you want to go go out to him, go ahead. But he's gonna be gassed in 20 minutes. So I think it's like more nah, so like, he's gonna like come off the bench. He has to come off. The yeah, bench. but I'm saying like, I, no feel like I feel like it more so hurts the Nets than helps them for a man who hasn't played basketball in a year. You know, I feel like they have a good thing going now. And they should just not bring him back. You know? Yeah, I no, I agree with that. I wouldn't bring him back either. But I mean, I don't know for his like mental confidence or something. Maybe like they're like. Well, he's still a part of the team for, like, the future, right? So, in my opinion, if he wants to play, you can't be like, oh, yeah, don't play. And, like, I don't know, the way his, like, his mentality is probably working back towards playing, like, no matter what he looks like, even though, yeah, I don't think he looks good. But I agree. I think that's to the advantage of the Celtics because when he plays, it becomes really easy to scheme your defense around that. And, like, the Celtics are already, like, the best defense in the NBA. So, like, that would make their job even easier, in my opinion. And I don't know. I don't think he's going to, like, do, like, some insane, like, rim pressure or, like, passing to the point where it would be, like, that much of a concern. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree with that. I think they need, like, an offseason to, like, make it work. Yeah. And, like, yeah, so... No, I was just gonna say, as far as the Rob Williams injury, like, yeah, like I agree, like it's gonna, like, it takes a big hit. But if you look at like the advanced numbers, the Celtics' defense is only four points worse without Rob Williams off, off on the court, and like their offense is only two points worse with them off the court. So they have been, they're not taking a huge drop off. It's not like they're losing Tatum, and they have a, like a serviceable center, Daniel Tice. I'm not comparing. I'm not saying he is Rob Williams, but he's like 50, 60 percent of Rob Williams, you know. And he's not gonna be the same defensive impact, but he can still do for the most part what Rob can do. So I think like. If that, if the Celtics, if the Celtics like had Rob Williams, that series is over in five. But like, I think like since they don't have him, it might be go like it's gonna go six or seven. Yeah, I agree. Um, but yeah, I mean, I agree. I think this will be definitely one of the best series um, in the first round. So, uh, so let's move on to the uh, next uh, Eastern Conference series. Um, we could talk about the. Milwaukee Bucks and Chicago Bulls. Um, I don't know. In my opinion, I think the Bucks are just going to wipe the floor with them. Like the Bulls, their like record is just terrible against like any sort of winning team. And I feel like they're kind of just falling apart right now. Like they're just in free fall. I mean, I know they've been missing like Lonzo and Caruso and it like helps their defense a lot, but like, I still don't understand like how they weren't able to beat any good teams throughout the year. And I think that's super concerning. 
So yeah, I, I would say like Bucks and four or like I don't know, DeMar DeRozan has like one great performance. Bucks and five probably. Yeah, I pretty much agree with that. We haven't even seen like Giannis unleashed yet because he's been coasting this season. So he's gonna go for like a forty-five point game, like, and he's just gonna take over in my opinion. It's not even gonna be close. The Bulls are two and twenty against the top eight in the East, and their two wins was against that Boston team that fell apart at the beginning of the season and like the Sixers game at the beginning of the year. So basically, since November first week. They haven't beat a playoff team, which is insane. That's crazy that they made that they even made the playoffs with like a, with a record that bad with that. It's just, yeah, that is insane. It's just Demar carrying, pretty much. Vucevic has to be one of the most overrated players. He's got he just got exposed this year. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I mean, I don't know. Yeah, like their their whole like team is just like structured like really like weird. I guess. I mean, I know like. They just, yeah, they don't have any, like, sort of interior defensive presence. And so, I don't know, when you have, like, two elite, like, perimeter defenders and Caruso and Lonzo Ball, and then they're, like, in and out of the lineup, the defense just completely collapse. But, I don't know, like, to be honest, like, this happens to, like, Billy Donovan teams a lot. Like, they're just, like, no offense to him, but, like, he was, like, looked, like, really good at some parts of the season. But his teams are just, like, never consistent. And they're, like, they're always falling apart by the end of the year. Like, I, I don't know why, but they always are, like, from his whole career that I remember. But I don't know if he's, like, trying to approach, like, each season with, like, a facade of, like, a fake idea that's, like, not... Because that, 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 that just won't work the whole season. Like, I don't know. Like, whatever the Bulls are doing, they're doing the same thing they did in the early season they're doing now. It's just not working. Which I don't seem to understand what really went wrong. Except maybe, like, teams started to figure out that Vucevic sucks and just expose him on the defensive end. But, like, they've been playing the same way they've always been playing. Yeah, I mean, most of their wins have just been, like, literally, like, DeMar DeRozan hitting the most, like, difficult, impossible, improbable shots. Like, to me, that like, every game I've watched, it seems like that. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And, like, I don't know, even before, like, this whole collapse, like, I never believed in Bulls in general just because the more in the playoffs, like, he, he has a history of just choking the playoffs. Not just against LeBron, just in general. He, Lowry was better than him, like, most of the times the Raptors made the playoffs. So, like, I just didn't even trust DeMar in the playoffs. And, like, Zach Levine is an up-and-coming star, so, like, I never had any faith in his team. But I will say them losing Lonzo and Caruso was, like, big losses to their defense for a team that's, like, horrendous on defense. Like, they really needed those two, and that's kind of sucked. Yeah, so let's move on to the last uh, Eastern Conference series here. So it's 76ers versus the Raptors. Um, I don't know, guys. I kind of like the Raptors. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I have the Raptors at six. Really? Yeah, like, yeah, uh, yeah. We we'll go through the predictions. I mean, yeah, like Harden. Okay, he had like one good week, I think, with the 76ers, and after that, like, he's just been not good. Like, he'll always like put up like points because he always, like, draws the fouls and gets to the free throw line. But his shooting efficiency is just terrible. And, like, it honestly was, like, most of this year. And then, I don't know, a lot of people were saying, like, oh, he didn't want to, like, he wasn't trying in Brooklyn or whatever because he wanted to be traded. And then, like, the second you, like, take him off that team and he goes to 76ers, it's like, okay, it's, like, ideal situation. He's going to start trying now. He looked good for, like, about two weeks and went right back to what he was. So, I don't know. Like, I think it's concerning for the Sixers. I think it's concerning for, like, not only this season, but, like, this season and beyond. Shruth, I genuinely want to ask you. I want to hear your take on all this because this is your boy. So, I want to hear you speak about it. 
Yeah, so I was gonna say I agree with Raj that like the future is not looking too good. But for this year specifically, I think the talent is just overwhelming. And I don't know like how they're gonna like stop Joel Embiid, even if like Little and Harden who won the Raptors, because I know Siakam's not doing shit. So like there's just no way they're gonna stop Joel Embiid. And like Harden's just a bad piece. No, but their defense is so good. But they, yo, they have Scotty Barnes and OG and Obi, bro. They're gonna have like hella length. Like I think I think Embiid could still go off, but I really think they'll be able to neutralize like James Harden. Yeah, but just and the one like, thing that we're not talking like Harden's strength is like also the passing. So like if even if they lock him up, he's gonna dish it to the other people. But I'm pretty sure his turnovers. So imagine good. playing basketball. Imagine playing basketball and there's five, six, nine Africans all around you playing defense on you. Imagine how scary that is. Like, imagine dealing with that. That's what Nick Nurse is about to do. He's about to be on the basketball court and telling his team just to attack. That, that's scary, bro. Nah, yeah, they're going to go crazy. I mean, also, like, the one thing that we're not talking about is Matisse Tybel or whatever. It's, like, not, like, vaccinated or he's not boosted or something. He can't play in Toronto. So they're, like, lo- literally losing. Like, he's not, like, he's a zero on offense. But that's, like, literally their best, like, perimeter defender there that they're not going to have. So, like, I think that's that's pretty bad for them. Um, I, I think the Raptors have, like, a really good chance at winning this series. I mean, I would say probably, like, I don't know. I, th- I still think it'll go to, like, six or seven. But, yeah, I think I would take the Raptors here. I mean, I, I think this probably has, like, the biggest, like, upset potential, in my opinion. Did you hear what he said about the vaccine? He said he got the first shot, and he didn't like the way his body reacted to it. So he was like, no, nah, I'm not getting the second shot. Like, it was, like, the funniest shit. Yeah, it's some clown business. I mean, I don't know. In my... Okay, actually, no. Let's not get into this. <laughs> you should have got the Johnson, bro. It's a little bit too out of bounds. Okay, but, 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 but shoot, is James Harden washed? This is your guy. Yeah, he's clearly not uh, ro- uh, the Rockets Harden anymore, but I feel like he doesn't want done? to do that. I mean, he's not done. He's done, like, how Westbrook is done. He just has to, like, find a different role. It helps the team win, and then I, f- I feel like he could still find success, but like not the way. It's such a short season like, right now. It's so quick. I feel like I feel like I don't know. He hasn't been like dominant like for a long time like other players have been. I feel like, I feel like his decline was like quick. I mean, yeah, maybe. Yeah, he's I mean, part of the system. The Rockets. I think we gotta see. I think we gotta see how like he is. I don't know. The problem is, like, if you're in a winning team, like, where people expect you to win, like, I think that is really going to determine, like, what your stats look like, especially, like, in my honest opinion, like, if you take Westbrook, like, off the Lakers and put him on, like, the Hornets or Pacers, like, I think he's going to put up insane numbers. <laughs> like, so, I don't know, like, then are, like, is he still washed? Like, is he, like, or what are people going to say? Because, like, I just think that the way that he plays isn't necessarily conducive to winning. But also, like, for Westbrook, like, I don't know, the teams that he's been on haven't been nowhere near the teams that, like, James Harden has been on, like, ever since Kevin Durant left him. Like, if you think about it, like, okay, Russ had, like, Paul George and Mello, and then he went to Houston where he had, like, James Harden and no center, and then he went to, like, Washington, like, and then now he went to the Lakers who have, like, LeBron and AD, but they, like, missed, like, what, like, half the season pretty much and like the role players are terrible like i don't think any team that russ has been on is like been even close to uh like the nets with james harden or um or the like the sixers right now 
I, I just think people don't know how to use Russell Westbrook. I don't think it's that complicated. I just think you just put Westbrook and you put four shooters around him and you'll have a good team. But no one wants to listen and listen, look at their eyes and do it. So it's never going to work. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah. Let, okay. So we, yeah, let's, let's continue with our preview here. Um, so let's go on to the Western conference. Um, so we, Kind of talked about the Clippers and the Pelicans. We haven't talked about the Suns. Though. The Suns come in at fifth in offense, 114.2, and third in defense, 106.8. So this is like a team top five in both categories. I, I feel like, again, like maybe I think if it's the Pelicans, I think this is like probably like a sweep. But I mean, even with the Clippers, like I think this is going to be a shorter series too. Um, I mean, one thing that like, I don't know. The Suns have obviously, in my opinion, looked like amazing, and they should. They are definitely the championship favorite. And if they don't win the championship, I think it's another disappointing season for them. But like another thing that's like low, like the only thing that's a bit like very, very slightly concerning to me is like I feel like Chris Paul has had a down year in terms of like scoring. I know he's injured, but like he's down to like fourteen point seven points, which is like very low for him. I feel like and. Like beyond that, his three point percentage is was down is down to thirty one point seven percent compared to thirty nine point five percent last year, and this would literally be his lowest three point shooting year outside of his rookie season. So I don't know. Like obviously the Suns are like definitely the favorite, but if there's one thing that kind of concerns me, I'd say it's Chris Paul's drop off in scoring and his shooting efficiency from the outside. Yeah, but he's making up for that with the assists. Like, he's, like, two assists higher than he was last year. So I think it's honestly fine. I feel like he's playing as good as he's been with these Suns, yeah. Like, he... I also feel like Monty... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I was just saying, like, he's just facilitating even more this year. So, like, it's working out clearly that they have, like, 65 wins or whatever, how many ever they have. Yeah, I mean, we're just, like, splitting hairs here, bro, because, like, they're obviously, like, the best team in the in the NBA. Um, like, it, this is, like, a very, very, like, fine grain. I was just looking for something to, like, talk about them in a negative light, but there's not much going on in that aspect. So this is the only thing I noticed that I was like, oh, this is interesting. I also feel like Monty Williams has done a good job this year of, like, kind of utilizing his other players more. Like, Cam Johnson's had a good year. JaVale McGee has been good for them. Like, Jalen Smith, before he got faded, was good. You know, so, like, like campaigns has been doing his thing. So, I think they've done, like, a good job of, like, kind of making up for those points you're missing from Chris Paul. And they don't even need him to take over as much as they used to. Like, like, I feel like last year, like, he would take over in the fourth quarter. But, like, now the game's over in, like, the second quarter. And, like, they don't even need him anymore. And I feel like Book has yeah, I agree. role to, to close games. Like, he's gotten better at that this year, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, I think... I think from this year onward, like, the ball should be in Devin Booker's hands, like, towards the end of the game. I mean, but Chris Paul, like, you can't never go wrong. Like, I mean, I still think he'll show up, um, but, like, I don't know. For them, it's, like, championship, like, make or break. Like, this is, like, if this is, like, they only have so many runs with Chris Paul. And, like, I know they're a very, very good team, but, like, at the end of the day, like, their championship window is probably going to close when, like, Chris Paul retires or he's not good enough. So, I don't know, like, they only have a couple more years, so I feel like the pre- they're, 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 there's definitely some pressure on them, I would say. 
I would say their only flaw is like mate. I feel like the Western Conference is probably like pretty easy for them. I mean, like I don't know. We still have to see the Warriors. Like I don't know. I feel like the Warriors healthy is gonna give them like a threat. But like I think it's gonna go like to seven games. Like if they were to get to the finals, like I still don't see like outside of Mikhail, like how are they guarding Giannis and company and like players like Embiid and Harden or players like Tatum and Brown. Like I know they have like the second best defense, third best defense, but like I still don't feel like they have the pieces to throw at like stars like that. I think that would be the only flaw I would say. Yeah. Yeah, I mean it starts with Mikhail Bridges. <laughs> like Do you think he's gonna guard like Giannis though? <laughs> I don't know. Nah, nah. They probably put DeAndre in on Giannis. Yeah, like I feel like they, a mismatch. they'll form a wall against KD, and then he'll have to dish it out, and the other Nets would have to beat him. Then that's you put in the yeah, Nets I mean, in the finals. Come on, shoot. You never know, bro. Yeah, no, but keep going. What were you saying, Raj? Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think that they could guard like some like Giannis type guy, or like I don't even like know about Embiid because I think that definitely would give them struggles. Because I don't know, like they start, um, they start like Jay Crowder, right? Like that's like that's going like super small in my opinion. Yeah. And like I don't know, I don't think I guess they have like Javale and they have like Bismack Bihumbo, but like I don't know, they're I, I don't trust either of those guys to like play. And I feel like against like Giannis, like you need like. More than one like big guy to be there. Yeah, I mean, as far as like this series specifically goes, I think like the Suns should win pretty easily, no matter who the team is. I think the Clippers will put up a fight. I'm gonna give them a PG game because like PG is gonna be PG. I think that the Clippers will get a game from them, but I think it's they're gonna win either no matter what. The Clippers gotta get to the Pelicans first, bro. You're right, but I mean, if they do, but yeah. <laughs> Nah, yeah, I, I agree. I, I think they'll win. I think I think they'll win against the Pelicans um, for sure. But I mean, yeah, that series would be super interesting just to see. Um, I, yeah, I agree. I think the Clippers could definitely. I actually I, I could even see them taking two games, um, like low key. But anyways, um, yeah, the one eight matchups, like I don't know, they're just like only so much we can talk about because I feel like no one here like thinks the eight seeds actually have any sort of chance. So, um, anyways, let's move on to the uh, other matchup here. So number two or seven, um, Memphis Grizzlies versus Minnesota Timberwolves. I'll, uh, I think the Timberwolves have a chance. I don't know about you guys, because their offensive power is like, what, Raj, what are they like ranked this year in terms of offense? I think it's top five. Number there. one. Yeah, they were yeah, number like, one. I mean, they were, no, they were number one in points scored, I would say, but they're seventh in offensive rating. Right, so like, yeah, the Grizzlies are gonna do their thing. They're twenty and two without John Morant, but like, if the uh, if the Timberwolves get hot, like Cat's hot, uh, Russell's hot, and like everyone's hot, then they have a chance, in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, I think this is gonna be a really, really fun series. Um, definitely because like the personalities on the teams, like, like they're both like young and hungry teams with like people who are like Anthony Edwards, like he's not afraid to like speak out. And the Grizzlies are just like so tough. Like all everyone on their team will like talk crazy like in front of your face. So I think like I I think actually this one might be. Wow, it's actually pretty interesting in both uh, East and West. Like the number two versus number seven seed is looking like the best matchup. Um, like in in my opinion, I think this will definitely be one of the better matchups uh, in the West. So, I mean, like I agree with 
uh, what you're saying, Shooter. I see your perspective, but I'm still taking the Grizzlies here. Like, I feel like they're just too. I don't know. I feel like they're just too good. Um, like, I think their offensive power, like, especially like, who, like I don't know. Do you guys think like Patrick Beverly is gonna guard like John Moran? Like, <laughs> That's not the question. Guys like, gonna obviously go off, but it'll be like who could have a better offense because there's gonna be no defense the series at all. Bro, like, I think for the Timberwolves to have a chance, like, Patrick Beverly would have to get in the head of John Morant somehow. Like, he'd have to, like, get him to, like, draw fouls or something. Like, he'd have to get Jai in foul trouble, like, two times, I think. And then in those games, like, they, you're right, they would have to be really hot offensively. Um, but I don't know. Like, the, the Grizzlies have good defense on the interior, though, man. Like, if you have Steven Adams and Jaron Jackson Jr., like, guarding Cat. Like, I don't think there's, like, a better front line, like, in terms of four and five that you could ask to guard, like, Cat, in my opinion. Because, like, if he's out by the three-point line, like, I like Jaron Jackson Jr. there. And if he, like, tries to go and post up, like, I like Steven Adams there. So I, I really don't, like, see, like, what Cat is going to do. I mean, we'll see. He could prove me wrong. But I'm just, like, I don't know. I have, like, a bad taste in my mouth about Cat. So, like, here's my thing with this. Like, if it was the Clippers, I don't know. I feel like they would – I feel like you could put PG on jaw, and I feel like you have a better chance. But I think the only issue really is here, like, Cat – I think Raj said this the other day. Like, Cat is, like, the worst defensive player, like, like, a couple years ago. He was, like, the worst defensive player in the NBA, right? So, if Ja just gets a pick and roll with Cat, that's, like, 85 points a game for Ja every game. That's the one thing I'm worried about. You know, like, I don't see how they're stopping Ja with Cat as your main centerpiece. That's my only concern. Yeah, yeah, that's I mean, they're definitely the favorites, but, like, I'm saying in the case of a shootout, they have a chance. Although it's probably small, but I don't know. They, I feel like they have the momentum, too, with uh, Patrick Beverly. We'll see what happens. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, yeah, let's move on to the three versus six matchup, the Warriors versus Nuggets. Um, so, I guess Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. have been ruled out. Um, from returning this season, if I'm not mistaken, which is good, honestly. I don't think they should come back because, like, the Nuggets are, like, Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. specifically are still definitely young. And I don't know, like, what is the, I don't see any point of bringing them back because, like, who, who knows what could happen? Like, if they get hurt again, like, and, like, they're missed, like, portions of next year, like, I feel like that'd be terrible. And they're definitely, like, I think you were saying this, uh, Kailash, before, but you were just saying, like, oh, like, being in shape and stuff matters about Ben Simmons. Like, I could, you could say that, like, even more about Jamal Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And I know Jokic is, like, another MVP season. Maybe you don't want to waste that. But, like, I just – I wouldn't bring them back. I think you would just let it ride out and see what happens. Yeah, I think Steph's coming back game one. So, I think the Warriors should be healthy on that front. But, like, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like if you ask me this question in December, who would win the series, I'm taking the Warriors, like, pretty easily. But, like, they've, like, they've shown, like, they haven't been that strong since, like, the year started. I, I'm, like, trying to wonder, like, what happened. I don't know why they started to decline. Like, I know Steph started to struggle, but, like, I feel like there's other things that went wrong. And, like, like we spoke about the other day, Raj. Like, you can't contend and also try to build for the future. So, I think a lot of their pieces are kind of, like, eh. And it's not, like, the right pieces you need. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. But if you, like, watch, if you watch, uh, like, them play... Like, I don't know, in my opinion, like, Steph just doesn't demand the ball as much, which is, like, a bit, like, strange to me. Like, I, I watch, like, some of their games, and, like, even if Steph is, like, sh 
like he goes like supernova okay everyone knows like stefan goes supernova like right but there's times when like the game will be slipping away and he just like doesn't make that much of an effort for the ball i guess it's like maybe different because he plays like off ball a lot but like there's certain times where he doesn't like try to get the ball as much as i feel like he should um especially when the game is like slipping away so i think that's like definitely one of it like he seems to be satisfied by just letting the role players like like not role players but like jordan pool and like whoever like he lets like other guys like take a lot of shots too when i feel like the ball should be in his hands more and maybe that would lead to some wins but mainly i think the collapse is from draymond like not being there um and i don't know he's back now but i don't know if he's like fully healthy and his injury is like insanely more concerning for the future um like you talk about the sixers having a concerning future the warriors is very concerning too especially because like we don't know if clay is, is just going to look like this forever or if he's just like in that one year off like back from injury like he looks good some games he looks terrible some other games he takes really difficult shots and like draymond has like a back injury which just does not sound good to me at all for their future you know what i'm saying it's actually interesting because like, like you said the point about steph not demanding the ball like uh steph averages 77 touches a game and like he's under a lot of players but like some notable players i would say like um what's his name uh, russell westbrook sabonis like I feel like Steph should be getting the ball more than those kind of players. Even Fred Van Lee, like he's not, he's like a more of an off-ball player, you know. And like, yeah, no, you're right. Like he doesn't ask for the ball as much as he should. Yeah, like, yeah, and and like this is the thing. Like, I'm like, okay, like you guys know, like I'm a Russell Westbrook fan, right? But like a lot of like everyone like always complains like, oh, he has like whatever turnovers, like he misses a lot of shots, but his usage rate is always like insanely high. And like that's the thing I've noticed, like watching the other point guards. Like, even Chris Paul does this to, like, a certain extent. Like, they, like Chris Paul and Seth Curry are, like, light years ahead, like, more of, in terms of efficiency. But first of all, like, they're, like, a lot better shooters. And they also just don't, like, have the ball in their hands as much. Like, they're, like, very satisfied by just, like, like you know, like, playing off ball or just giving the ball to someone else and letting them go to work. And then they'll just take a couple of, like, you know, possessions or shots, like, off. And I, I think, like, because of that, like, that definitely contributes to their efficiency. Like, I don't think if, like, Westbrook, like, handled the ball less, he'd be as efficient as them. But I think the bridge between, like, that efficiency would be closer, in my opinion. Sure. So, do you have anything to say about this? Yeah, like, I'm looking at the usage rates right now, and, like, this is, like, the least Steph's been on ball since, like, the Warriors blew up. It's, like, tied for the least. And back then, they had, like, prime KD, prime Clay. So I feel like he definitely has to step up with like all these young players. Like, I don't know why. Hey, usually rated that low. Yeah, rate is that low? Like thirty point eight percent, which is like compared to like what was his what was his numbers with uh, like in twenty like nineteen with KD a lot bigger. With KD, it was like thirty two percent or whatever. But it's like yeah, that's that's really bad. <laughs> that's really bad. I mean, he he definitely should be demanding the ball more, bro. Like, come so on. Like, I mean, this is the time. It's like going lower with like less. If he does that in the playoffs, that's like inexcusable in my opinion. Because like, I don't know. Like he like yeah. If he does, if he doesn't demand the ball in the playoffs, like what do you like? I just have no no words to say. Like he has to step up. And I mean I don't know. Like they probably are still beating the Nuggets in like six games or something. But like I don't know. It's there's Jokic. Jokic will kill people in the playoffs. Like that man is absurd in the playoffs. Like, and a lot of people look at uh, player stats and see them improve in the playoffs, and that's usually the sign of a good to great player. 
like you guys need to check out out for Jokic because that man's stats like go like beyond like they're not beyond comprehension in the playoffs. So like he will pick like he will win them. He could win the series. Like that's not like insanely like like to me. I see that like you know how Shooter's saying like oh the Timberwolves have a chance in that series. In my opinion, the 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 Nuggets have a chance in this series, um, especially if Draymond is like not healthy like. Then like do you like uh, this MVP Jokic is gonna go up against that, yeah. and he could pick them apart. I mean, obviously it'll depend on their role players and stuff, but like they have like they could win. I think. Yeah, this is a very exciting series too. I feel like it could go six games at least. I'm like very excited yeah, because the series is like between the number one, number two teams in assist percentage. So you know, I love my assists. So I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna enjoy this series a lot. That's a lot of turnovers too. But yeah, we could uh yep, move on yeah. to the Dallas. Game. Yeah, let's move on to the last one. Um, so Dallas Mavericks versus Utah Jazz. Uh, unfortunately, Luca has that cat strain. Um, I think he's already been ruled out for game one. Oh, what? Um, I guess there's optimism. Really? Yeah, he yeah he's ruled out game one. Yeah. Yeah. No, like, I guess there's optimism that he comes back. Um, but, like, I think there's a good chance that he's out, like, games one and two is what I saw. I think he's officially been ruled out for game one. But apparently there's a good chance that he's ruled out for game one and two because they don't want to make the injury worse. But it kind of sucks because Dallas was, like, really, like, starting to explode in the second half of the season. Um, I didn't realize, like, Porzingis was holding them back that much. But they're, like, somehow able to play, like, good defense. Um, and, like, Spencer Dinwiddie has been, like, really good, actually. Like, he's, he's won them games by himself. So, I don't know. I think against the Jazz, like, they definitely still have a chance. Because, I don't know, the Jazz is, like, the complete opposite. Like, the Jazz are, like, a ticking time that's, like, ready to explode. And, like, I don't know. But I think uh, me and Kyle were talking earlier in the week about how, like, this series has so much implications. But, like, literally, like if the Jazz somehow pull this out, like, that could preserve their team, which is crazy to think about. I just think that's very unlikely because every Jazz game I watched this year, they had, like, a 20-point lead, and they choked it in the last, like, six minutes. So I think their mental is just destroyed. Like... Yeah, I agree, but, like, this Luka injury has to be the one thing that, like, gives them, like, optimism, you know what I mean? Like, that could be, like, some like, morale boost on the inside. I don't know. I mean, I think that they have to blow up their team. I think, like, they should try to trade, like, Rudy Gobert, but, like, obviously, they're probably going to end up, like, trading Donovan Mitchell if he asks out. But, I mean, I don't know. Like, who even... Like, Rudy Gobert is just such a, like, interesting, like... If you talk about him on the market, it's, like, very interesting. Because I don't know what you could get back for him. Like, he's, like, a player... He's kind of, like, similar to, like, Ben Simmons. Like, you know what I mean? Like, he's, like, a great player, but you know his flaws... And, like, his flaws could, like, cause insane, like, variability in the trade market. So, like, I think it just so happened that, like, okay, like, the Nets, like, James Harden also requested a trade. So, I think that, like, lined up perfectly for the Sixers. But if you look before that, like, no one no one was budging. No one wanted Ben Simmons. So, like, I don't know. As crazy as it is, there's a chance that no one wants Rudy Gobert. I mean, it's like what, um, like what you're saying before the offseason plans, like... Like, they were like, I feel like if Luca was healthy, they're probably losing in five, maybe six, and like they're probably breaking that team up right away. But let's just say hypothetically, they pull off the series whether Luca plays or not, and then they give up. They gave a fight with the Suns. Like they they played them last year, and they gave a fight with the Suns. You know, if it goes like six games, and like the team might be like in the offseason, like ah, 
you know, we can run it back again. Just got to add some more pieces. They were like one Joe Ingles injury away from like winning the series, you know? They could justify it like that, and then boom, we're back to square one again. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like their team has had like clear issue in like perimeter defense because I think the only guy that they have on the perimeter is like Royce O'Neal. And like Royce O'Neal is good, but he's definitely not in like the upper tier of perimeter defender. So like, I don't know, like to me, their concerns have always been pretty clear. And I don't know, like their scoring is like, okay. Like, I don't know. I feel like Donovan Mitchell be chucking sometimes. Um, and like a lot of these fourth quarter leads that you've seen them like, go, like these fourth quarter leads that you've seen them choke, like they've straight up like not, uh, like it, it's been Donovan Mitchell playing a hand in that. So like, I don't know, to me, that's like kind of dumb. Like if you play terrible in the fourth quarter and then you turn around and you're the one that asked for a trade, like, come on, man. Like he's definitely had like a bunch of games where he's been like over four and like four turnovers or something in the fourth quarter. Um, but yeah, I mean, their outlook is not that great right now. Do you guys see that stat where it says Donovan Mitchell averages two passes not assist, yeah. like two passes a game. I did see That's that. insane, bro. They definitely have, there's definitely beef going on behind the scenes too. Like they gotta blow that shit up. It all started when uh the infamous COVID touch. I think ever since then there's been a rift between the two stars. See, like that's the thing with like Rudy, like like Roger saying Rudy's almost like Ben Simmons, but like I don't think it's Rudy's fault. Like it's really not. Like like people are complaining like, oh yeah, Rudy sucks, whatever. But like if you watch these games, bro, like he's asking for the ball, he's wide open. Spider's like, nah, I don't want to give it to him. Like he gives it to he'll give it to the coach before he gives it to Rudy. And like on defense, like Rudy does only one that's playing defense. Like like Rodgers came with the perimeter defense. Like no one plays defense, and it's just Rudy jumping like a pogo stick everywhere, up and down, back and forth, trying to block everything. Like, I feel bad for the man at this point. Like, I know he's, like, a piece of shit and, like, he, like, gave COVID to the world or whatever. But, like, as far as the basketball court, bro, like, he's doing everything he possibly can. Like, this Spider is just, like, acting like an idiot on the court. Like, I don't know. If, obviously, Spider is the one you want to keep. And, like, he, and, like, Rudy, you, like, you want to build around Spider. But, like, you probably get more for Spider, you know. But he's, like, your franchise player. So, it's kind of, like, it's really, it's going to be really interesting. Bro, it's harder to replace, it's harder to replace, like, Donovan. Yeah, it's gonna be really interesting off season, bro. And like, it depends. It's crazy how it all depends on one man's leg, and it's not even on his team. It depends on it holds on the team. Yeah. 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 No, it's crazy. Um, no, but let's. Uh, so yeah, I mean, let's. Okay, let's do the predictions uh, real quick. I'll just run through all this series, and we can give. Uh, we can just run off our predictions. Did um, you want to do the like the, the awards, like the season award? Yeah, we'll do that. We'll, we can do that right. after. Yeah, we we'll can do that after. All right, so Heat against, like, Cavs slash Hawks. I'll take the Heat in five. Are we locking this in? Are we going to save this? Yeah, yeah, sure, yeah, save it, yeah. I mean, yeah, we can just listen back to this and uh, write it. So just say what it is right now. What you got? Yeah, I got the Heat in five. Uh, yeah, I'll go Heat in five, too. <laughs> Well, it really depends on who's going to be in the other playing spot, but yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's either five or four. Like, I don't think it's going six, so. Well, we'll do five to be safe. Yeah. Um, so... Truth, you're muted. Spaces. <laughs> uh, Celtics. All right. So, let's go to Celtics, uh, Nets. I'll take Celtics and six. Um, hold up. I got... Yeah, Celtics and 
six. <laughs> yeah, I got, I got Boston. Damn, I got Boston in six too. <laughs> hey, yo, we gotta switch right, up this uh, order. What is? I got three six. Nah, uh, three six. Uh, Bucks and Bulls. Oh, you guys can go first. Yeah, I'll go first. Bucks and Bulls. I got Bucks and four. I got Bucks in like two, bro. This shit's over. I don't have to play. Nah, I got I got Bucks in four yeah. as well. Um, right, I think this. Is... <laughs> okay, here uh, this is finally we'll have some difference here. Sixers versus Raptors. I got Raptors. Oh, no, no, not Raptors. I got the Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> I was about to say, yeah, I got Raptors in six, man. This team, this the Sixers Harden experiment is over. Is this uh, Cameroonian nah, nah, motherfucker nah. is done up? The series is over. Raptors in six. Yeah, chill. Yeah, I'll take Raptors in six too, actually. And y'all going down with the ship? No, I'm going down with the ship. Nah, but where <laughs> you're going down? Yeah, you're your boy. Down. That's a your boy. You've been defending him for a while, man. Like, stay with your boy. Sorry, I understand. Yeah, bro. You gotta see it in the playoffs. Nah, all right. Let's go to the Suns. Suns versus Clippers or Pelicans. I got like Suns in five. <laughs> If it's Clippers, Suns in five. If it's Pelicans, Suns in five. I think it's yeah, four. Thing. No matter what. Oh. This is good. Oh. Best I don't even, I, I, I don't uh, even as far as saying if the Clippers make it, they'll, they'll, they can steal two from them. So it's either six, six or four for me. All right, let's go to Grizzlies and Timberwolves. Uh, I'll take Grizzlies in five. Five. I got uh I'll take Grizzlies. <laughs> this one is hard. Bro, I think they're just good okay, yeah, five I'll take I'll take Grizzlies. Yeah, I'll take Grizzlies in six. That's probably the safest bet. Uh yeah, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go Memphis in seven. I think this is gonna be a long one. Yeah. And we're all different. Alright. Hey, the difference in games is not that crazy. Uh, Warriors, Nuggets. Um, Warriors in six. Yeah, probably the same. Warriors in six. Or I say Warriors. Yeah, actually, in I'll seven. Damn, Ooh, bro, you always are taking three yeah, games from them. Damn, it's gonna be good. Hell yeah, bro! All right. Uh. Then we have the uh, Jazz Mavs. Jazz Mavs. Oh yeah, that's the last one. Yeah, Jazz Mavs. Uh, damn. I mean, this is so dependent on the Luca injury, though. Yeah, bro. I think we can have like two separate predictions. But the problem is, it has to be a gray area because we don't know if Luca's gonna be hundred percent. So like, yeah. I'll go with Dallas and seven. Eh, I'll say. Yeah, I was just, I was just gonna say that Dallas and seven. Give me Utah and six. Close. I think this. Yeah. I think this Luka injury is bad because, like, just, just like the way they've been speaking about it, and like it's a calf strain. Yeah. And, like, I don't think, and even when he's back, like I feel like it's, they're going to either rush him back or he won't even be 100. percent And by that point, like, I feel like they're all, Utah's going to be already be up like two one or something. So give me Utah six. Yeah, that's terrible. I feel bad for them. I mean, I could see it either way. I mean, I'm assuming he comes back and he's like okay. Then I'll say Mavs in seven. If not, yeah, probably Jazz and six. Yeah. But yeah, that's definitely very dependent on the Luca injury. Yeah, what about you it's literally the same. It could even be Jazz and five if it's bad. Yeah. 
Like he'll have, yeah. he could have like one I mean, superhero uh, performance, but he's gonna be gassed after that. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, for the last part, we're gonna go through our personal award choices. Um, so let's start with uh, six men of the year. Um, I think everyone pretty much. I, it looks like a consensus on Tyler Hero. Um, Shuta's kind of loving a shout out, right? Yeah, he's doing some crazy stuff <laughs> this year. That's my boy too. I mean, who who is his competition even though? Like, because Jordan Clarkson has fallen off. This yeah, year, right? only Kevin Love year. and Cam Johnson is his only competition for Hero. What? Do, what about what Jordan Poole? Like, he comes out the bench sometimes, right? But, but the, the problem is he's played more minutes as a starter this year because remember the clay injury oh, and then the step injury. Yeah. So he's played a lot of minutes as a starter. Yeah. Have, okay. Yeah. Then. Yeah. I think this one is pretty much a lock for Tyler Hero. Like the thing you have to mention though is he plays thirty-three minutes a game, bro. Is that really like? Hero. Who Tyler yeah. Hero? Yeah. Whereas Kevin Love plays what? Yeah. I mean, it's it's gray area. Yeah. He still comes off the bench though, so I guess that's like the only qualifier. Kevin Love is twenty-two minutes, and Tyler Hero plays thirty-three minutes, and these guys are in the same conversation. Yeah, so shoot, your pick is Kevin Love. I mean, I'm. I think he deserves it, but obviously Tyler Hero is gonna win. It's not about who's, it's not about who's uh, gonna yeah. win. It's about who, who you. Oh, think. yeah. It shouldn't be yeah. Whoever yeah, you I'll want. With, uh, hey, love, bro. Yeah, I, I see Shoot's point because like there has to be some like like rule for this. Like, okay, if you play 35 minutes a game, like why are you a bench piece? You're playing yeah. more than other starters. Yeah. I don't know if people care about six men of the year that much though. Yeah, like, because, like nitpicked to this. Because it always just went to Lou Williams or Jamal Crawford for like thirty years straight. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so yeah, let's move on to uh, rookie of the year. Um, I have Evan Mobley. Me and Truth have Evan Mobley. Uh, Kyle has Scotty Barnes. Uh, yeah, I got Scotty just because he's. I think he's been mo- the most consistent all year. I know Mobley's had some injuries. And like, uh, like just his impact on the floor overall. I feel like Moby's done a lot of defensive end, but Sky's been like defense, offense, like, and he's almost like part of the um, the Raptors turnaround. I feel like the Cavs, regardless of Mobley or not, they'd still be just as good. I know he's a big part of it, but I feel like with Jared Allen. And, nah, nah, whoa, whoa, whoa. I disagree. Just hear me out, hear me out. I feel like like Darius Garland has more of an impact on the Cavs than like like Evan Mobley. So I feel like. Moby's impact is not as felt as much as like Scotty Barnes was on the Raptors. I don't know, bro. Now I I go the other way around though, because like the Raptors had like a lot more good pieces on their team, like OG Ananobi and like Pascal Siakam and Fred Bentley. Like on terms of the Cavs, like I go past Darius Garland and then like Evan Mobley is my next best player on that team. Oh, he's not better than Jared Allen, yeah. man. Nah, I think he I is. I don't think he is. Nah. He's still in the big three as a rookie, which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, I, nah, I think, I think he, I think he's like, his defensive presence is like insane. He still puts up like, like what, like 15 points a game? Yeah, probably. Like, I, I, in my opinion, I think, I think he's like probably like the main reason for this uh, Cavs turnaround, I would say. Because, like, before, it was always, like, their defense that was shaky. Um, and I definitely agree. Like, I think Scotty Barnes is, like, more versatile. But, like, bro, like, he – so, Scotty Barnes averages 15.3 points. Evan Mobley averages 15 points. And, like, he's definitely way – like, Evan Mobley's defensive impact is definitely, like, a lot better right now. 
Um, but yeah, I mean, it's definitely close between them two. Like, I wouldn't mind, like, like was there one year that they did, like, co-rookies of the year or whatever? I, I don't know if they did, but I feel like they should do that for this. Could like, be. this is one where it's, like, very, like, neck and neck, and you're kind of just... Yeah, Wait, what are you saying? Saying? that's definitely possible. Also, uh, Cade Cunningham is up there. Nah, Cade, Cade was too yeah. bad in the beginning of the year for me to, for, to consider him. Yeah, but I got... It was, uh, it was the... It was um 1995, right? With Jason Kidd and Grant Hill. Yeah, 1995. Those are the core rookies in the year. Nice, yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, like, Cade Cunningham missed, like, the first, like, what, like, seven or eight games. And then he, like, he started off slow. Like, at, like right out of the gate, he was just definitely worse. Like, there was a period where his shot was just not falling. Mm. And it took, like, half the year. But I think, like, from that one point, like, half the year to the end, He's probably been like the best rookie, even better than like Evan Mobley and uh, Scotty Barnes. Um, but yeah, I mean the rookie class is insane, man. Shout out to yeah, yeah, I think Kate, I think I think Kate has the best future out of these three. And I'll even go as far as saying as Josh Giddy has a better future than Evan Mobley. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's true though. I mean if you okay, if you're like anyone who's like a point guard or a ball, like it, I think that would like if you're like good at that position versus like you're a good like defensive big, I think like the ball handler like at that size is just like way more unique. Um, but yeah, I mean they're they're like really good. I, mean, I think the main difference between Cade and Josh Giddy is uh, like Cade's shot making ability and also his leadership as a whole. Like that man is like a born leader. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll see. I mean this this rookie class is definitely really good. I think. Um, but yeah, okay, so we have two for yeah, Dagon. Yeah, it would be a tie, but Evan Mobley kind of looks like a Titan from Attack on Titan. So he has to, it has to be a dub for him. It's the intimidation okay. factor. Um, so we have two Evan Mobleys and one Scotty Barnes. How many media members do you think um, watch Attack on Titan, bro? It's just an, it's the intimidation Zero. factor. Zero. He looks more threatening than the other guys. Um... You think Kendrick Perkins is watching he Attack of Titans? Does, I mean, I don't know why he has a vote on this anyways, but he, he is voting on this. You think he watches Attack of Titans? If he's watching the Cavs game. Why does he have a vote, man? Get, take that away That's from terrible. him. Take you it think away. George Burke is watching this? You think David Aldridge is watching this? Right. He should be. <laughs> the greatest show. Um, so let's move on to Coach of the Year. Coach of the Year is interesting. We actually all have different picks for Coach of the Year. Um, so I have Ty Lu. Um, so you guys can actually stay your state your pick and then make your case real quick. Why don't you make your state pick for Because you have the most unique one every year. All right. So I, dude, I think it's Ty Lue. Okay, I, I, I know like he's definitely not gonna win it, but like out of my personal belief, I think like his he's like the best coach, man. Because like he literally didn't have Paul George or Kawhi the entire year, and they like straight up had the eight seed on lock. <laughs> Like, he's, like, very underrated. I mean, like, like obviously, like, if I'm, like, choosing this award from, like, who I think the voters are going to pick, like, it's not Ty Lue. Like, if I'm just saying, like, for me, on a personal basis, I think it's Ty Lue just because of his ability to adjust despite losing his, like, two best players. Like, bro, like, they had their two best players out the entire year, and they were still always comfortably ahead of the Lakers in the standings. Like, <laughs> like that's actually, like, miraculous, in my opinion. That's true. Um, and, like... I don't know. Like they were, they were just always consistent, man. Like I never like felt like there was a time where I was like, okay, like their season is just going down the drain. 
Um, and like, I don't know, his ability just to get those guys to always play well and always play consistently. And like, I mean, obviously the main reason is them holding out in the injury, but like, I also think he's like the most like creative coach too, probably. Uh, he's just always willing to try a lot of stuff. Um, and that's why for me, like I would choose him as coach of the year. That's a fair pick. Uh, all right, so like the reason, like I don't know why, like right, for me, it's like because the Clippers over under heading into the year, like they knew um, Kawhi wouldn't go in, but it was forty two point five, right? And like I, I know PG missed some time, and like they were almost there, right? So like I'm saying they already had a high bar set against them. But I think that's why I kind of went like JB Bickerstaff because they were at twenty three point five, bro, and they almost won like forty five games, the Cavaliers. And, and, and like, no other team has had more injuries this year than the Cavaliers. Like, they've lost the most games from injury from, like, players who weren't going to miss the whole season, right? Like, they lost contacts, and then Ricky Rubio went out, and Mobley and Jared Allen missed games. And, like, that, a team like, that was expected to win 22 games almost wins 45 games. I mean, it sucks they might not even make the playoffs now, but, like, that, that was insane to me because I think, like, no one expected them to have a turnaround, and now their face future is even great. I think with the Clippers, like, they just knew, like, this is going to be, like, one of those, like, years is, like, all right, like, we're waiting for Kawhi anyway. So, and then, like, with the Suns, like, they just went to the finals. But, like, what's so special about them and him winning coach of the year? I think Monty should have won it last year. So, I'm going to give it a JB Bigger stuff. My case for Monty is that, like, if you actually look at the Suns' record throughout the season, they were on pace for, like, 70 wins before the Chris Ball injury or whatever. So, like, if you're, like, on pace for 70 wins for the most of the season, I think you just have to give it to that. Even if there were, like, people knew they were going to be good this year, it's just, like, the level of dominance they've shown in getting wins so far. You have to give it to them. Because, like, even historically in 2016, when the Warriors got 73 wins, and then 96 when the Bulls got 72 wins, their head coaches, Steve Kerr and uh, Phil Jackson, they won that award. So I think it's just fair. Fair point. I mean, did you guys have any, like, thoughts about Taylor Jenkins? Or, like, not? Yeah, I, I thought about him. Um, I mean, he, yeah, like, the Grizzlies coach. Um, they they have, like, a lot of, uh, like, I don't know, with Coach of the Year, you can always make so many different cases, and it's, like, really difficult. So I just, like, I don't know, Ty Lue was just, like, the first guy, like, I was, like, thought of, and I'm like, all right, I'm just going to put yeah. him. But, like, honestly, like, there's just, you can make a case for anyone, like, really. There's, like, so many good cases. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people said Ime Adoka, but, like, I don't know, I don't think, like, a team that starts off that bad, even though they played, like, they played, like, the best team in the NBA history in the second half. I don't think, I don't think you deserve that for that. But I think you're in the conversation, about do you deserve Coach of the Year just for that. Yeah, I agree with that. Um yeah, let's move on to our most improved uh, award. So here, I guess we also have three different ones. Um, so I chose Jordan Poole. I just feel like his scoring has been insanely electric. Um, and like, for, with, like I guess just to compare it to your guys' players, like, uh, like so Kailash, you have uh, Darius Garland, Shrute has John Morant. Like, I feel like with both Darius Garland and John Morant, like they were starting to become really good towards the end of last season. And it's only like, so I, I don't know. I feel like for them, like if you took what they did like last year, post all-star break and going into like the playoffs for Ja, and then like compared to this year, like I feel like those players are like on a similar level, Like Jordan Poole, like he was like nowhere near as good as he is this season as he was last year. 
So for me, it's like that whole like ascension from like last year to this year. It just seems like his ascension just seems a bit greater to me. He's like an insane like like he's like a microwave scorer now. And like I don't know if you want like he like kind of looks better than Clay Thompson right now. Like if I'm being honest, which is like insane to think about um, that he got to that level. So that's why he's my pick for most improved. Yeah, I'm looking at the stats. Jao is still the same points per game after All Star. I don't know what you're talking about, bro. <laughs> that uh no i meant like i meant like he like i just feel like he ascended as a star though mm-hmm. like from like post all-star break like last year like and from what we saw in the playoffs like it just felt like a continuation of last yeah, but year the playoffs were only like one series right they lost in the first round <laughs> no they didn't make the first round no they made it the first round no they lost in the, in the play in the grizzlies i think about the warriors oh no i was talking about ja oh yeah yeah that was first round <laughs> They're gonna go from like first round contenders to like like low key championship contenders. So that's why I have Cha. Okay, wait. How come you're saying that when you almost picked the Timberwolves to beat the Grizzlies? Because like they they could be back to back first round exits. They like Anthony Edwards also has a case. I think most improved player. That's why like their roster is like really good as well. So. Yeah, but I don't know. Like this is it's like more of a like an individual award than it is a team award in my opinion for most improved. Right? Yeah, but yeah. Jaws increased Jaw went from like nineteen points to like twenty seven. And like that's a bigger gap than Jordan Poole's had. So, I, don't know. I, I think Yeah, that okay, that is I think Raj makes a good point where it's like Garland and Jaw were like kind of expected, <laughs> but more so with Jaw, because you're the second overall pick. Like you're just supposed to be better. Right, so like I don't like I don't like giving it to players like that. Like you expect it. Like I feel like yeah, Jordan Poole has a case because like he was never really gonna get like real playing time or like starter playing time with the Warriors because they have so much talent, right? So like his approval yeah, was just insane. insane. But like, I'm I gave it to Darius just because like I don't know. For me, I always thought Colin Sexton was the best point guard on this team up until like this year, and then he like went out for the season, so I thought they were pretty much done. And he stepped up and was like became just as good or even you can argue just as better than Colin Sexton, right? And like I never saw that coming. I think yeah, he's... so like I never saw that coming. And like he's an undersized point guard, and he gets it done on like he's a pretty decent defender. He, like, he gets it done off at the side of the floor. So like I think that's why I have to give it to him. But I I do if I had to pick between both of you guys, I would probably give it to Poole over Ja. Just because like the second overall pick, you should like be better. Yeah, but like I feel like the level he jumped was crazy. He wasn't even an all-star last year. And this year, like people are saying he's could be the face of the NBA. So like his ascension has been like ridiculous in my opinion. I I feel like I feel like the, I think you saw one thing when it, with Stephen A. Smith when it was Ja versus Giannis, <laughs> and you just automatically took okay, yeah, Ja is the face of the NBA. I think you let that one YouTube video get too far in your head. Uh, I feel bro. like uh, he he's right, he's right though to some extent. Like, NBA like national media promotion is like focused on like Ja even more so than like Giannis or Jokic or Embiid for that matter too. Like I'm definitely I definitely agree. Like I've seen a lot like more Ja propaganda. Like, at first, when he said that, I was like, oh, like, what is he talking about? But he's actually, like, I think, like, there is, like, a huge problem with that. But we can get into that for, like, a whole other podcast if you want to. Um, so let's move on to uh, Defensive Player of the Year. Um, so I guess the main debate here is between Mikhail Bridges and Marcus Smart. Um, to be honest, I'm fine with Marcus Smart winning the award. Like, I definitely want to give it to a perimeter player. 
the only thing is i thought like the suns had the best record in the league and they should be awarded for that in some like aspect which is the only reason that i gave it to like mikhail bridges but i mean the marcus smart argument like in my opinion it's like okay it's the best defensive player on the best defensive team um do you have anything more than that Kyle? yeah that was my only argument like i think like i, I don't think he would have won it if Draymond was healthy right i think if Draymond was healthy he wouldn't have won it so I think this is this is his best chance to win it and steal the award. And like guards do deserve much more recognition because like if you're comparing the game to the 80s and 90s back when Jordan played, like the perimeter defense wasn't as big of a deal because the court was smaller. But now the court is like, like people are scoring from wherever now. So being a perimeter defender is even like more important now. And again, like they've they, they got off to a bad start beginning of the year and like they become the best defense in NBA history for about a three month span, which is insane. And, like, it's all because of Marcus Smart. And I know, like, you can lose points from him because of Rob Williams. But I think, like, his ability to guard, like, one through four and maybe even fives, like Chris Zingas, specifically him, like, his, it's, it's insane. And, like, he's been a really big part of, like, the turnaround. So, like, I understand the Mikael Bridges point, but, like, I don't know, man. Best defense, like, best, play, best defender on the best defense, like, that's why I'm giving it to him. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good argument. And also, like, sure. like also, like I've been watching him since 2012, so like there is like a lot of bias in this. Yeah, I've been watching him before Oklahoma State, so like I've been on this train for a while, so I really hope he wins it. But yeah, anyways, go shoot. I got Trey Young. Nah, it's like I'm kidding. Uh, I'm shoot. I don't care about defense, bro. Y'all could go on. Yeah. Well, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, okay, so the last one, MVP. Oh, again, MVP, it looks like it's a debate between Giannis and Jokic. Um, I mean, I don't know. For MVP, I feel like each person has their own, like, definition of what an MVP is. For a lot of people, like, they believe it should be, like, the best player on the most, like, winning team, even though, like, we've seen that it never is. Um, but, like... I don't know. For me, like, an MVP is, like, the most, like, dominant player. Like, it has, like, obviously, like, stats and stuff do matter to, like, a certain extent. But in my opinion, it should be, like, the most dominant player. And for me, like, that, like, this year, it's been, like, Giannis. So, I don't know. In my opinion, it should be Giannis. And, like, I know that Jokic and, like, Embiid, well, Embiid has been, like, really good. But I guess his MVP case has kind of fallen off and, even though at some point people are saying he should be MVP. I guess he did lead the league in scoring. Um, but, like, I don't know. People have kind of cooled off on him for MVP. Um, so I, I, don't, I think it would definitely be between Jokic and Giannis. But, again, yeah, like, I'm just giving it to Giannis because I feel like he's been the most dominant, and that's what my definition of the MVP is. Yeah, this is really hard discussion. Uh, like, I don't know. I really can't make a case for anyone. Like, you could... Like, you, you know how we were discussing co-rookie of the year or whatever? I feel like this year, they should do, like, a co-MVP. Like, a try. Oh, no. They're not doing that. It's just too close, man. I just can't make a call. But I would definitely have Giannis or Jokic. Like, a coin flip at this point. So, so why do both of you not have Embiid in the conversation? Because... I don't know. Embiid is just like he like I don't know. The Sixers were just like shaky towards the end of the yeah. Like I agree with Raj. His case definitely fell off a bit, and like I don't know. His play style is just like he just draws fouls. I mean the same with uh, Harden too. But like if that's like the way you're dominating, like I don't know. I just respect how Giannis and Jokic dominate more. 
That makes sense. I mean, I, I gave it to Jokic just because, like, I'm a big advanced stats guy, and, like, I know, like, people hate advanced stats. But, like, Jokic is just insane with, like, advanced stats. He leads in all metrics. And, like, I know, I think my definition of MVP, Raj, is most valuable to your team. And, like, I think, I mean, just based on that, just that meaning itself, then, like, Tatum deserves it because, like, the Tatum has the best plus minus when, like, on the court. So, when it's off. But, like, Jokic is number two. And is number three, right? So, like, I feel like in that case, like, it's not just most valuable, but it's also, like, everything you do on the court. And, like, he got that, like, 2,000, 1,500 stat, which I know, like, Russ was, like, pretty close to it, too. Like, putting that all together. And, like, again, with, you know how, like, people argue with, like, oh, they're, they're the sixth seed and, like, the Sixers are the fourth seed. But, like, they have the same amount of wins. It's only off by two games. And, like, Jokic yeah. didn't have his two best players, which is crazy to me. You don't have Murray and MPJ, and you, like, led this team to a sixth seed. I mean, I mean, let's put it this way. He led his team to 48, 46 wins in the Western Conference, which has, like, the Suns and the Warriors, you know? So, like, I don't know. He, I think back-to-back years is, like, he's going to get it. And I think, like, he's not going to get it after this because I think people get tired of it. Yeah, that flipped my view. I'm with Jokic now. You just changed it on the spot. <laughs> what exactly did I say? No, nah, you mentioned the record. They're only, like, three games apart, and, like, Jokic. Two games, yeah. Yeah, like, I forgot about that point. So, like, I don't know. It's really close either way. Give it to them both. Right, you can't give it to everyone's truth. It's an award for a reason. Nah, this, is the closest, a this is the closest race I could remember since I started watching. So, like, I don't know, bro. Next level shit. Yeah, we'll see. I mean, it's definitely really close, but both are definitely really deserving. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I think this is about it for this podcast. Uh, so, we went through our playoff predictions, uh, at least for the first round. Went through our award predictions and also went to the play-in. Um, we'll probably have, like, I don't know, a podcast maybe next week late after like some playoff games go through and we actually have something to talk about um but yeah i guess we'll try to turn them out uh weekly um but you guys have any closing thoughts um uh, man these players are gonna be amazing for sure bro i'm so excited it's been like no, like also like this is yeah. you know, no nah, i was just waiting the whole season for this shit like the lakers pain has been too much i've been suffering enough this off season or this regular season, so I need actual basketball now. Uh, I, I was just saying, like, it's been three years since actual playoffs, because like, obviously, like, twenty twenty, we had the bubble. And, like last year, they played in the stadiums, but like, they didn't have fans, right? So we never got like a playoff atmosphere to like the finals. And, like this one, it actually feels like an actual playoffs, you know. So that's why I'm really excited. This is kind of the first playoff uh, atmosphere yeah, for sure. since Kawhi. Uh, turned into Michael Jordan, right? Yeah. That was amazing. All right. Um, so, yeah, that's it for today. Uh, we'll talk to you guys later. All right. Peace.